Somebody hold my mule. I'm fixing to shout now. Lord, have mercy. Mm. Woo. How? How many of you feel like we've done been to the worship service? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, we're live streaming this. I'll have preachers. I'll get emails from them. I'm part of a group that they don't think we ought to have American flag in a church. It's all about, I love what Dr. Mac Brunson said this week. He said, if you don't know the difference between gratitude and idolatry, you ought to be whipped with a flagpole. That's a, a lot of people think we're doing this because we got, we're idolizing the flag. We're not idolizing the flag. We're grateful for, for this flag. We're grateful for this country and what America stands for. And we're not going to quit doing that because a couple of knuckleheads uh, think it's wrong. That's fine. That's just fine with me. I remember when we remembered the 4th of July, we puffed out our chest and we would shoot fireworks and we'd say there's no place like America. And I still believe that. I, I do think we're going down the wrong road and uh, wrong path. Uh, and I think we need a revival in America. Uh, but I want to tell you, I thank God. I thank God that he let me preach in this pulpit this morning. There's a lot of guys. Some of the, I think some of the reasons there's got such negative attitudes and so bad because their churches are so bad and mean. But you are a gracious church, and I praise the Lord. Uh, you put up a whole lot from us, and I praise the Lord for that. We're facing group of people who would love to put an end to America as we know it. Uh, you've heard me say this a hundred times out of this pulpit. It's not Democrat versus Republican. It's evil versus good. That's what we're facing against right now. I hear people running this country down. Last month I was down. I'm not going to call the name. I did earlier, but uh, I forgot we, we're on TV now, so I'm not going to do it now. But anyway, this guy was running America down. I said, look, have you ever been out of this particular county he was in? Borders of Sabine River, just a bunch of river rats down there. I said, have you ever been out of the state of Texas? No. I said, you really need to keep your mouth shut because you have no idea what you're talking about. I've been in several foreign countries, many of them, and I want to tell you the sweetest thing about being in a foreign country, whether you're on vacation or a mission trip, the sweetest thing is to know you're landing back in the United States of America and knowing you're touching down right there. God bless America. There's nothing wrong in America that a good revival won't fix. Not a thing. Just one of the Holy Ghost of God can change this whole country. He has before, and I believe, and I'm still claiming he's going to do it again. If we want our country to be different, we've got to live like we want our country. See, we can't live one way and then want our country to be this way. That's not going to happen. Same thing in a church. If we want our church to be a certain way, we've got to live that way. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Uh, I hear people say, I don't understand these rioters and all these people knocking out windows and cars and all of that. Well, it's one simple it's easy to understand. They're lost. They're living in darkness. They have no idea what the light is. That's up to us to tell them the light and to show them the light. But they're heathen. They're, dark. they're in darkness. They don't know right from wrong. Anything they think is all right with them. I, I want to tell you, have, have you ever seen anything just awed you? I mean, just whew, good grief. We're in Isaiah chapter 6. I don't know if I said that or not be finding that. Isaiah chapter 6. I remember the first time I looked over in the Grand Canyon. I went, whoo, what a, what a hole. Man, 
what a hole. I remember the first time I went to Niagara Falls and I saw, you know, all that water coming over that thing. And about 15 minutes of watching water, I said, well, what's next? I mean, my goodness. Well, we're going to watch water all day, but it was awesome. I remember the first time I flew into New York City and to see that vast, just lights. It was just awe. It was an awesome. This is where Isaiah is in chapter 6. He has been transported up to the throne room of God. He sees the Lord high and lifted up. And so he is in awe. I want to tell you today, I think we need a revival in America, but I don't think America needs a revival. You say, preacher, what in the world? I'll tell you the kind of revival we need. We need a revival of getting back to the awe of the awesomeness of God, of, of putting God where he belongs. Isaiah chapter 6, stand with me if you would, honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. Verse 1 of chapter 6, Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. One cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips. Thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? <laughs> then said I, Here am I, send me. Father, Lord have mercy. Could we see you high and lifted up this morning? Help us to not think about the things of this world. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of misunderstanding. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of name calling. But, oh, God, I pray in the next few moments we'd see the awesomeness of you sitting on your throne high and lifted up. Have your way in our hearts today is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you could improve America, would you do it? If you could make America a better place to live, would you do it? If you could influence right in America, would you do it? Or would you just say it's fine the way it is? Because a lot of folk have said it's fine the way it is. A lot of folks have been complacent and said, look, as long as it doesn't get any worse than this, as long as we can still go to church, as long as we still got our liberties, as long as we still, we're seeing those things fastly erode. We're seeing them fastly erode. What would it take to have revival? Let me give you six things here and we're through. I'll do it fast. If you will listen fast. The first thing we got to do for revival is the Lord must be on the throne high and lifted up. Now, let me hasten to tell you this. He's still on the throne. You didn't take him off. 
Just because you don't think he ought to be there don't mean he's not there. He is on the throne. What I'm talking about for revival, though, is we would recognize ourselves that he is God. He is on the throne. There's none other like him. He's the creator of the universe. He, 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 the revival is, is about the awesomeness of God when we get to the place where we're awed with God. We got to recognize him again as Lord and Master. How long has it been since we've been awed by God? John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. John the Apostle fell down on his face before God. Isaiah said, Woe is me. What are you saying this morning? You see, we need a fresh reminder of who God is. He's not a bellboy for you to ring when you need something. He's not a, a personal butler that you can snap your fingers and get something from. He's not a spare tire that you can use when it's convenient to use him. I want to tell you, he's still the king of kings and lord of lords. He's a master, teacher, living water, bread of life, lily of the valley, rose of Sharon, bridegroom, mediator, healer, Jehovah Rapha, sustainer, son of God, son of man, second person in the Trinity. He's my rock that I lean on, suffering servant, victor over death, prophet, high priest, redeemer, substitute for my sin, and an intercessor to my father. He's all of that. He's God. Are you awed with God this morning? Mm. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. Now, here's the deal. Up until this time, he was looking at Uzziah. Hmm? See, when you're looking at Uzziah, you can't see the Lord. He's looking at Uzziah, but the Bible says Uzziah died. See, God took him out of the way. God took out of the way what it was that was keeping Isaiah from looking at him. And after Uzziah is dead, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. What's keeping you? You know, we're impressed by the wrong things today. You get some knothead that's making $50 million a year chasing a football around, and you bring him on television, and he's going to tell us about climate change. And you know what we do? Wow, did you hear that? Did you hear what he said? Or we bring some movie star out of California and he's going to tell, oh, wow, wow. Listen, we're awed by the wrong things today. We need to get back to where we're awed and wowed by the holiness of God. Amen. I used to say those movie stars put their, leg, uh, their pants on one leg at a time like I do, but uh, I'm not sure that's true anymore. I'll leave that there. <laughs> I think what God is telling us this morning is, quit wowing over Uzziah and look at me. High and lifted up on the throne. But not only, uh, I got to just do one. Vestal Goodman sings a song I love to death. She starts out singing, if you're awed by this world and all its beauty, many stately mansions daily you may see. But without great wealth, I know I'll never own one, and you will neither if you're no more rich than me. But if your soul will look beyond what man is building, you may see what earthly mortals cannot see. On the other side of Jordan, there's construction on a mansion being built just for me. 
Wait till you see my new home. This is not my citizenship here. I'm just passing through. I'm telling you, I'm going where he's high and lifted up. Let me give you the second thing here quickly. We need to, if we're going to have revival, we need to see God in his holiness. Verse 3, right out of the text, one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Listen, guys, he's not the man upstairs. Don't, don't belittle him like that. Don't say that kind of junk. He's not the man upstairs. He's not some God. He is the God. He is the God. And we're to be holy because he is holy. And when we hear from God, everything trembles. When Isaiah heard the doorpost of the building shook, everything trembled. The smoke filled the place there. You say, preacher, uh, this is just another building here. It's got sheetrock and it's got lights and it's got air conditioning. It's got pews. It's got carpet. Oh, no, sir, it's not. This is the house of God. This is the place that we all have dedicated to come and meet God. And we ought to treat it like that. If you're going to eat candy and all that, put it in your pocket when it gets through. Let them run that in the washing machine and see what your wife tells you then. Uh, you, I, I look through this building sometimes, it looked like a wreck going out here. With this, with, this is the house of God. Our God is a holy God. Uh, you say, well, I'd really rather go where there's a party atmosphere. There are plenty of parties. You, you can go. Let me tell you something. We're going to have all of eternity to party. We're not partying now. This is a work day. Get on your work clothes. The fields are white unto harvest. If you and I don't win these people to Jesus, they're going to go to a devil's hell. They're, going to, they're not going to pass go. They're not going to collect any $200. They're going to go straight there. Some of them have been falsely lied to, and they think that after the rapture, they're going to have a chance to be saved. I'm telling you, they're not. You decide right now this morning where you're going to spend eternity. And every one of us believe that we're living in perilous times. and We believe that Jesus is coming soon. We say that. If we do believe that, bless God, we ought to be doing more of what we're doing. We ought to be spending every last energy we got to win people to Jesus. Then let me give you number three. If we're going to have revival, we need to humble ourselves. Look at verse five. He said, woe is me. I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. The first five chapters of Isaiah, if you go through them, Isaiah is saying, woe is you. 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 But when he comes to chapter 6 and he sees the Lord high and lifted up, he says, uh-uh, woe is me. Woe is me. See, when you find one of these guys, these television guys or preachers, or just, I don't care who they are, is a regular Christian who can strut sitting down, he ain't been with God. When you're with God, you recognize who he is and how low you are. You recognize that he's everything and you're nothing. We need to humble ourselves. Now, I know when I say that, <clears throat> within our human nature, immediately we think, oh, so-and-so, <laughs> boy, I slapped him. No, I want you to forget about so-and-so. I'm talking about you. Are you cold toward the gospel? Are you as hot for Jesus today as you were two years ago or five years ago? 
Hmm? Are you sensitive toward the wooing of the Holy Spirit? Are you become negative? You say, preacher, you don't know what all I've been through. Uh, well, stop and read what Jesus went through a little bit. You haven't gone through nothing he hasn't gone through. Are you complacent? Have you become stingy and greedy? I'm talking about you and me. Before we can have a ministry to anybody else to try to help them spiritually, we've got to yield to the Lord and let him work in our lives. Hmm? Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 13. He said, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Jesus said it in Matthew 7, 5. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam. A beam is a big thing. He first cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the moat, the speck, out of your neighbor's eye. <laughs> Don't you know that just set us on fire? The psalmist said in 46.10, Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. You want to know how we're going to change America? It's when we get our hearts right with God. When we get our sin dealt with and we, we repent of our sin and we humble ourselves. Great men of God throughout the Bible realize and confess their sin. Abraham said, I'm dust and ashes. Jacob said, all of the truth which I have showed unto thy servant, I'm not worthy of the least of these. Job and David said, Paul said it. Peter said, when, boy, when Peter saw the Lord, he fell down. He said, depart from me, for I'm a man of sin. I'm a sinful man. What about you this morning? Woe is me. You see, the closer you get to God, the more obvious your sin is going to become. I don't have anything to brag on this morning except Jesus. <laughs> but he's enough. I mean, I could, we could stay here to 4 o'clock this afternoon talking about how good Jesus is. Now, here, amen. Well, there were two or three of us going to stay. Amen. That's good. <laughs> well, if we're going to have revival, the next thing, sin's got to be dealt with. Mm. Everybody wants revival, but nobody wants to deal with sin. We need a house clean. Verse 6, he flew the seraphim unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, thy sin purged. Whew. We need a house cleaning. I need a house cleaning. You need a house cleaning. One of my favorite television shows or stations is Hallmark. I love the Hallmark movie station. You say, preacher, you know how every one of them is going to turn out. I know that. The reason I love the Hallmark station is because before it came along, my wife watched home and garden television 24 hours a day. Now, I done repainted every house, every room in the house. I've redone every floor. And so when Hallmark comes along, I say, praise God, as long as we don't have to watch Home and Garden, I'll watch Hallmark. So I love Hallmark, amen? They don't ever talk about building houses or anything. But there was one program on Home and Garden that I, I, I was interested in and, and, and watched. It was a guy telling us how to clean out our garage. And I said, I don't need to know. Becky said, you, you come in here. I said, I, don't, I know how to clean out the garage. 
if you've got a tool chest over here, you go out there and you say, well, now that tool chest would probably work better over here. And you move it over here to this wall. And if you've got some rakes and all there, you say they would be better on the wall, so you hang them up on the wall. You know, you reclassify it, you rename it, you remove it, you do whatever. This guy says, no, that's not how you clean out a garage. How you clean out a garage is take everything out of the garage and set it in the driveway. Mm. Wow. I wish I hadn't seen that episode. <laughs> and then he says, you look in there at that garage and you see how clean it is. And you get ready to put this stuff back in there and you say, well, that garage is so clean. I don't want to put that stuff in there. So you haul it down to the barn and put it down there. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's the way sin is. That's what he's talking about. When you get sin out of your life and you've confessed to the Lord Jesus Christ and he's cleaned you up, you look at sin that comes along, you say, whoa, wait a minute. I don't want to put that back in there. Why, I've been cleaned up. I'm washed in the blood. I don't want to be a slave to sin anymore. I tell you, all these people worried about being slaves. The biggest slaves they are is a slave to sin and to the, to the devil himself. God's saying, get it out of your life. Don't rename it. Don't reclassify it. I don't have time this morning. I'm not going to name them one by one, but you know what they are. The sins that our nation has said, it's all right. It's all right to kill babies. It's all right to be whatever sex you want to be. I want to tell you something. If it was wrong in here, it's wrong still today. It has not changed. And, and people say, I don't want to hear that. Well, bless God, I'm going to tell you the truth. I want to tell you the truth. God is telling Isaiah, I want to hear from you. I want to bless you, but I can't do it until your sin is dealt with. Let me ask you this morning, do you want a church where nobody's hiding in the house? You want a church where testimonies line up with what people are really living? You want a church where people are the same thing here that they are when they get home? We can't live one kind of church and want a different kind of church because we are the church. We got to live what we want. Let me give you this uh, next to the last thing here. Number five, if we're going to have revival, we've got to become sensitive to the voice of God. We've got to hear God speak. Uh, I was laughing at a lady who visited. I knew her last week, and uh, uh, she's not here today. But anyway, I said, I'm so glad you came, and I was expecting her to come. She said, oh, I really enjoyed the music. I said, well, that's great. I'm glad you came, and I'm glad you enjoyed And I really enjoyed the fellowship. I said, well, there's only one other thing we do, and that's my preaching. What about it? And she said, oh, I really enjoyed it too, you know. <laughs> hey, listen, we're not here to enjoy necessarily the music or the testimony. They add to it. But let me tell you, we're here to hear a word from God. That's what we came for. That's what we need. In this confused society that we live in, we need a fresh word from God. And we've got to be sensitive to it. We need to be sensitive to each other. We need to be sensitive to the calling of the Holy Spirit. And then let me give you this last one, and we're through. Are you willing to say, here am I, send me? That's the last thing he does, those five words. He said, I heard, verse 8, the voice of the Lord saying, 
whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Mm. Now there's one thing that's maybe not obvious to you, but Isaiah says, here am I, send me, before God ever told him where he wanted him to go. Hmm? I'm asking you this morning, church, are you willing to say, here am I, send me? Before you even know what God wants you to do? See, there are ministry uh, helpers that we need all over. With this COVID thing, we, the youth, children, preschool, they need helpers. Are you willing to say, here am I, send me? Next Sunday is a day of giving at Woodland Hills. We need $1.2 million to pay off the debt. Children preschool building. You say impossible. Don't underestimate what God's doing. We've had a gracious family in our church that said, for the first $100,000 it's given, we'll match it. So when you give $1,000 next week, you're really giving 2000 We need about five more of y'all to say, we'll top that 100000 too. And everybody just kind of laughs. But when we're talking about being sacrificed, now as far as my wife and I, we had a figure. We prayed and God doubled it. I'm scared to pray anymore. I'm scared of what he might do. But we will pray again before Sunday. But let me just ask you something. When's the last time you sacrificed anything for the kingdom of God? Oh, well, preacher, I put this in. Yeah, I know. You, you got five, six, seven hundred thousand in IRAs and all this, and you take out five thousand or ten thousand, and praise God for that. But let me tell you something, man, that don't take a rocket scientist to figure out that's not a sacrifice. Huh? I'm talking about when's the last time if God told you you're the one ought to drop five hundred thousand dollars on the thing. Hmm. I know it's getting quiet, but I just want to tell you, I, 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 you need to own up to this. Here am I, send me. Are you willing to do it? If God said do it, are you willing to do it? The phrase send me is from the Hebrew word shalak. And that word was used of an archer. What Isaiah is saying here is, Lord, I'm going to be the arrow. You take and shoot me where you want me to go. I want to be used of you. Could you say that this morning? I want to be used of God. I'm not trying to put on a show. I just want to be used of God. Listen, we're going to have victory next Sunday. It's going to be a victory day, whether you want it to or not. <laughs> it's going to be victory. And I pray you'll be a part of it. We've had folks, and we've got a truck that's for sale now that's been donated. We've had land that's been sold. Families have given that. We've had jewelry sold, and they've given that. Listen, I don't know what God wants you to do, but I do know this. I think God wants every member of Woodland Hills Baptist Church to have a part in this, every one of us. And I think he wants us to do it sacrificially. Pray about it. Isaiah volunteers before he has the details. Now, if you say this morning, here am I, send me, there are about four things you're going to have to deal with.
When you say, here am I, send me, immediately you're going to have to deal between selfishness and submission because the devil will come right there. He's already here telling you this. Well, ain't nobody else going to give $100,000. Why should you? That's not what the question is. What does God want you to do? For some of you, $100,000 would be easier to give than some of you, $5 would be easier. We've got, I guarantee you, some faithful ladies living on $300 a month or $700 a month. Their rent $300 a month, and they're faithful. You're going to have to be confronted with, am I going to be selfish or am I going to be submissive? Here am I, send me. Lord, what do you want me to do? Next thing you're going to be confronted with is fear versus faith. Everywhere around, people are scared to death. They're, they're living in, in fear. Listen, God doesn't want us to live in fear. I'll never forget what Johnny Hunt said back here this last year. Our problem in many of our churches are we spend more time trying to pray 80-year-olds out of heaven than we do praying 20-year-olds out of hell. Mm. I mean, I won't be honest with you. If you're saved and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, where you're going next is a lot better than where you are now. Amen. We need a little fear versus faith. God's not the author of, of fear. And I think if I remember right, I don't know, hold me to it. I think somewhere in this book, it says without faith, it is unlikely you'll please God. No, that's not what it says. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you say, here am I, send me, the first thing going to happen is mm, faith or fear. God, can you really take care of me? See, it's easy to say hallelujah, praise the Lord, when you got money in your back pocket. Faith or fear. The third thing you're going to deal with is relaxation versus responsibility. <laughs> I've never been around so many people in the world that are so wore out. They are just worn out. And I'm thinking, well, you didn't get worn out here at the church. What are you doing? I mean, <laughs> come on, guys. We, we've been a cruise ship too long. We need to turn around and man the battle station, turn this thing into a battleship. The devil's bringing everything he can against us. We need to be ready for it. It's a responsibility. There'll be time to lay around when we get to heaven. We can, those clouds will be softer than your bed mattress anyway. And then, if you say, here am I, send me, you're going to face a conflict between convenience and complications. The Christian life is complicated. You say, here am I, send me. I don't, I'm not being ugly now. I'm just telling you, this is the way the devil works. People say, I want to serve the Lord. I want, you call me, call me, call me. You call him. well, I can't do that now. See, it's a whole lot easier just to relax with our lifestyle than it is to get involved with other people who have problems. People who have problems take time. It takes money. It takes effort. And then they're going to fall. My goodness, they, they can't pattern after you. I mean, you've never fallen in your life. You don't know what it's like to fall in sin because you've, you've never fallen in your <clears throat> Hello. 
We ought to be treating them just like Jesus treated us. Here am I. Send me. You want America to be great? How about you trying being great? You want America to be a prayerful nation? How about you trying to be prayerful? George Washington uh, prayed an hour before, uh, after he got up in the morning, and he prayed an hour before he went to bed at night. There's a story of George Washington that uh, John Paul told this morning over at Mason Creek that he went out in the snow and began to pray, and all of the snow melted all around him as he was in that snow, in that snow praying. He's getting a hold of God. Guys, we don't need any more little now and lay me down to sleep prayers. We need some folk who will get with God. You want your church to be different? Then let's be different. These altars are going to be open. The invitation is for you to come. Here am I. Send me. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you that we do live in a free country. Lord, thank you that we live in a country where we have a church that we can come to, we can pray, we can sense the power of the Holy Spirit in this place this morning. And I ask you, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Whatever you want to do. Lord, I don't know what you want to do. Whatever you want to do, would you have your way in every life that's in this building this morning? We're going to praise you, glorify you, Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?